Okay. Father, thank you for this day and for all that's in it. Please help us to do what's right. Please help us as we read your word to take in your word, to receive your word. Help us, Lord God, to, to pull on the reins of our heart and to turn to turn our heart to you. Open up our eyes and our ears. Please forgive us for any sins that we have against you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. So, there you go. God's law. Yeah, you know, um, this is something, but... Anything else you say will be in the recording. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Chapter 13 of Matthew. Chapter 13 of Matthew. Turn in your Bibles to Turn in your Bibles Matthew, to chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Somehow I just got it. Okay, and last okay. night we 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 read verses one through twelve, which I see that pretty much everybody in the family reviewed. And um, and so tonight we're going to be starting in, in, in verse 13. Therefore, Jesus, this is Jesus talking. He says, for this reason, I speak to them in parables. This is the reason. He's saying, he's saying this is the reason I talk to them in parables. Here's the reason right now. I'm going to tell you the reason. Pay attention. Because... They seen, see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. So he says, I speak it to them in parables because the ones who are not called can't understand what I'm saying. The ones whose hearts are not right, they, I, 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 I don't want them to turn away from their from from their ways, because their hearts are not right. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, "By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand; and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive." For this people's heart is waxed gross. And their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted. And I'd heal them. He said, so, so Jesus tells you right there, if they got converted, he would heal them. But blessed... Are your eyes, 
for they see, and your ears, for they hear. He goes, he's, he's telling his disciples how fortunate you are, how fortunate you are that your eyes can see the truth and your ears can hear what I'm saying. You know, there are, there are chunks in that Jesus said, there are things that Jesus said that I circle in red and I put a question mark next to it. And I, and I ask Holy Spirit to reveal to me, to teach me what it means. Because there are things, there are things that Jesus said that, I mean, look, I could make something up. But, but truthfully in my heart, I know that I don't understand. I don't understand. When, when Jesus said, there are those down there who will not see death until I come again. What do you mean? What did he mean? When, when Jesus said about the disciple whom he loved, quote unquote, when Peter asked him, what about him? Because he's been risen from the dead, right? And Jesus said, what's it to you? What's it to you if he should live until I come again? Does that mean there are people walking around on the earth right now that were alive during Jesus' lifetime? That, 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 you know, the word of God says it's given to man once to die and after that, the judgment. And so I thought about that and I thought, well, what about the ones that Jesus rose from the dead? It was only given, it was only given to man to die once. So if he, if he brought him back from the dead, well they, well, they can't die again. What does it mean? So I circle these things and I put question marks next to them, but, I, but I'll tell you there's a parable in the Bible that used to, used to very much confuse me. I could never really totally get a hold of it. And one morning I got up, I had my coffee, I sat down at the, I was in a hotel room, I sat down at the kitchen bar, and I was drinking my coffee, and I was reading the Bible, and, and um, something happened. I, I don't even know how I didn't manage to, I, I, I didn't fall out of the bar stool. I didn't drop my coffee, but... I wasn't there anymore. I was just gone. And Holy Spirit took me. It was the parable about the wedding where the father throws the wedding for his son. And at the end, there's a person there that doesn't have a wedding garment. And instead of just throwing him out, I mean, they, they, they actually uh, chain him up, lock him up, bind him up and throw him into the, you know, he's, he's going to hell. There's going to be weeping, gnashing of teeth kind of thing, you know? And so I, I couldn't understand that part. I couldn't get my head wrapped around that. And, and so I prayed for understanding, for, for the lesson about it. And, and, and Holy Spirit just one morning um, whisked me away to the wedding. And there I was. 
And I saw the whole thing. And, and, and I understood the whole thing and I had a revelation about the whole thing. And I suddenly, it was like a, like a key turned inside me and unlocked this, the, the, the truth of it. What it meant. And I thought, that's amazing. That's amazing. The Bible tells us that that Holy Spirit is here to teach us and 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 that we are need no man to teach us. We don't need any man. We don't need any pastor. We don't need anybody to teach us. We can learn everything we need to learn from Holy Spirit. Everything. Everything we need to know. All the enlightenment that we need is available right there. It's wonderful that we guide and we disciple and we help each other. But, but at the end of the day, we have the source. We have a witness who was there. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, blessed are you. Because you have understanding. And you know how they had that understanding? They had that understanding by the Spirit of God. And, and I'll prove it that even now, this is when Jesus is still doing his ministry. Okay? Jesus is still doing his ministry. Do you remember when Jesus says, Who does everybody say that I am? And his disciples answered and said, Well, some say you're Elijah. And some say you're Elisha, and some say you're like um, e Elias, Isaiah, you know. And Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the living son of God. And Jesus said, blessed are you. Blessed are you, Peter. For you have not figured this out on your own, but this information was given to you by the Spirit of God. So that tells you that even before the book of Acts, the Spirit of God was leading and teaching these disciples. So, I, so, so here's what I... So, so the thing that I want to tie a loop in tonight is that I'm going to be teaching. I, I'm going to be teaching a lot on this because God told me that this is my men, my ministry. Part of my ministry is to teach people about Holy Spirit. God wants me to have a relationship with Holy Spirit and God wants me to teach people the parts about Holy Spirit that 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 the churches don't teach. That's that's my ministry. That's 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 my calling. That's what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be the pastor that teaches the most teaches about the most wonderful teacher that there is. So kind of in a way, I get to be like a semblance or a shadow of of John. The, the Baptist, because I get to go out and I get to cry before Holy Spirit. I get to introduce 
Holy Spirit to people and teach them how to hear Holy Spirit and teach them how to obey and, and how to not grieve Holy Spirit. And most importantly, how, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? What is it? Because when you believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, your spirit is born anew inside you. Your spirit is born anew inside you, and you get, you get an indwelling of the Spirit. You get an indwelling of the Spirit right then. And Holy Spirit can speak to you, speak to you through your spirit the same way that you pray in tongues. It's the same way, but it's inside. It's an inside voice. And then later, or at the same time, depends on who it is, you can receive a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And a baptism in the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, rests upon you like a dove, comes upon you and lights you on fire and changes everything and you can and you feel different, and you talk different, and you see different, and and you're never the same. You're never the same. So there's a difference between the born-again experience and the baptism in the Holy Ghost experience. There, there, now, I believe there are people that get it all at once. All at once. And I think that that's just a condition of your heart. If you're truly repentant and you are ready to receive everything, um, God's will be done. God works the way that God wants to work. And I'm not even going to try to put that formula in a box. I'm just saying, more often than not, there's a multiple uh, experience. That you you guys know, I don't know if Elise knows, maybe Elise knows this, that, that I, I seek out and I read testimonies of the acts of the Holy Spirit. Miracles. The generals of God, the greats, the wonderful, the amazing things, the, the things... Um, the things where where people can overcome plagues are, you know, uh, all about Azusa Street and all about the revivals that happened in Canada and 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 everywhere in the world, everywhere, Africa, everywhere, everywhere. And these are the things that I I seek out and I I love. And one um, particular story, one particular story is this young girl who heard a sermon that touched her and she came forward and she accepted Christ. She accepted Jesus and, and as she accepted Jesus, she started crying she sat down in the front pew and she started crying and she was just grieving and she 
she was so intimate with God that the Holy Spirit came upon her right then and there. And, and the pastor had already gone back up to the pulpit to preach. And the girl got up and there was a prayer rail at the front of the church. You know, like a place where you kneel down, you put your arms on it to pray. And the girl came up there and she stepped onto the prayer rail with her eyes closed. And she started walking back and forth on the prayer rail. Walked down to the end of the prayer rail, 20 feet. And she would turn around and spin around on one foot and walk to the other end of the prayer rail. And the whole time she was singing this low song to Jesus, this praise song to Jesus, and she had her eyes closed. And each time that she would get to the end of the rail, she would step off into the air, off the rail, and she would spin around and walk back across the rail. And the pastor stood there, and he was like, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you doing? And she said, there's 15 people in this church. There's 15 people in this church that need to accept Jesus. There's 15 people that need to come to Jesus today. There's 15 people. And when she said that, the church got deadly silent. And everybody's kind of looking around at each other. And a couple of people got up and came forward and accepted Jesus. And then a couple more. And the whole time she kept going back and forth. And she never opened up her eyes. And two would receive Jesus. And she'd say, there's 13 more. And there's two. And two would receive Jesus. And she'd say, there's 11 more. And sure enough, it went all the way down to one. And an old woman who'd been coming to church for 50 or 60 years came down and accepted Jesus. Repented and accepted Jesus. And then that whatever was going on with that girl, it stopped. And she came down off the rail, and, and she that was it. It was over. But I wonder, I wonder, I have to wonder when I read that story. See, that, that story happened in the 1920s, about, about 100 years ago. And I have to wonder right now, if that happened in a church today, would the people come down and repent and accept Jesus or would people jump up and run out and say the devil was doing something? That she was possessed? Or would people just run down there and try to film it so they could be the first one to put it on YouTube? We've, we've become such a shallow and hard-hearted generation. We've, we've become so far from God that when I, when I read stories like that and I think about things like that, I, I think, how could you ever, I mean, what could you do? What could you do to get people today to repent like that? What, what could we, how could I possibly, what could God possibly do in a church that would get people to repent like that today? Get them to turn their hearts with a whole heart to God. What could happen that could make that, make that a, a possibility? 
How could it possibly happen? I mean, if you if you think about it, what is there? What is there? People are not afraid anymore. They're not afraid of God. They don't fear God. They don't tremble at his word. They don't meditate on the holiness of God. There is there's a great chasm between those people who went down and repented a hundred years ago and the people today, I, you know, people sometimes don't even want to go down and repent because, uh, well, I have to put my knees and I don't, you know, that hurts my knees. And, and, you know, that thing's germs. I don't know when's the last time they wiped that off. And, and so, I, and so I'm going to I'm going to risk my eternal life, my eternal life. I, I'm going to I'm going to spend eternity in hell because I didn't want to be inconvenienced. I, I didn't want to I didn't want to, you know, make my knees uncomfortable. Now, last night when I was talking, I was talking to the young people in our family and the young people in our family, I was I was telling you. That we we have we have to stop playing Christian. We have to stop pretending to be a Christian because we, there's a very real chance. And look, the Bible tells us that there will be a time, there will be a time when when families are going to turn against each other. They're going to turn their own family members in to be killed, to be killed. And it's all fine and good to be a Christian as long as you got the youth group and, you know, for my sons, because there's a pretty girl in the youth group or because you have a girlfriend you want to impress and you're, you know, and, and, and she likes the idea of you being a mighty man of God, even though you don't act like one, you don't live like one, you don't talk like one, but she likes the idea because then she can kid herself and say, you're a good guy, you know, and, and, and. And so, so, and and this is true about all teenagers, all youth today, they get into this trap, into this trap. Okay. But, but let's think about this guys. Let's, and, and gals, at least on tonight too. Mm -hmm. Let's think about this. We can fool the world. We can fool the world and tell the world that we're a Christian. And, you know, if they don't know God and they don't know enough about God's word, they're going to believe us. And they might even really believe us, really believe us. In fact, they might believe us so much that when they give an example of a Christian, they're going to say, oh, yeah, this person, they're, they're a Christian, you know. But in our heart, when we search our heart, we know. We know if we followed Jesus, if we laid everything down and picked up the cross and followed him, we know the truth in our hearts. We know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, then when we then we stand before Jesus, we're going to know the truth because there's only two answers you can get. When he looks at you, he's either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
or he's going to say, get the hints from me. I never knew you. And, 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 and if we're playing Christian and we're going back and forth and we're living in wickedness and then we're going and, and taking in some, you know, acting like a Christian when it feels okay and acting not like a Christian when it feels okay, then, then you, then we're going to, then you, you know, one day we're going to find ourselves in hell, in hell, in hell, because, because hell is not for those who didn't know Jesus and, and never heard the word. Hell is for those who gave themselves to Jesus and became eternal beings and then rebelled against him and didn't do what he said. That that's what hell is for. And and so so what 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 are we what are we gonna do in hell? Are we gonna feel good about well, you know, I fooled all them. I fooled all them. You know, yeah, I might be in hell, but everybody on earth thinks I'm a Christian still. They all think I'm in heaven, so I get the last laugh. God wants wants me to raise up a family of attorneys. That's what God wants me to do. He wants me to raise up a family of attorneys because there is a courtroom in heaven. And if you want to win, you have to know God's word. And you have to be able to walk into the courtroom in heaven and you have to be able to put God in remembrance of his word. You know, if a lawyer comes into the courtroom and he doesn't know anything about the law, he will never win a case. He has to be able to quote the law to win a case. And the same is true in heaven. When you come in to the throne room, you come into the courtroom and you want something and you're asking for something or you're interceding for something or you you're pleading with God about a situation you have to know his word you have to quote his word you have to you have to cite his word like it is an it is an absolute it's all that matters it's it's irrefutable because God God will always honor his word. God loves his word. That's his only begotten son. He loves his word. We have to get his word in our hearts. The last verse I'm going to read to you tonight. It's, it's a highlighted verse. It's verse 17. I want you to, you know, put your finger there, mark it if you have a pen, highlight it, circle it. Here it is. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see the things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and they have not heard them. He said, look, there's, many righteous people that have gone before you. There are many prophets. There are many pastors. There are many 
people who delivered the word. And there, there are many people who had ministries and there are many people who had callings on their lives. And there, there are many, many people who have gone before you that wanted to have the revelation and the understanding that's being laid before you now. They, 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 they hungered and thirsted for that. But they lived their whole lives and they died having never received it because it wasn't for that time. It wasn't for that time. God's word says that in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit upon the earth and knowledge will increase. Knowledge and understanding will increase. See, we're going to, what that's saying is, we're going to understand things about God's word. We're going to understand things about God's word that, that nobody ever understood before. We're going to have revelations about God's word and about our Lord Jesus Christ that, that nobody has ever had before. It's, it's not like somebody's going to give us a new Bible or change the words or anything. What I'm saying is there are going to be truths and mysteries that are that are revealed to us, shared to us in this time that 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 nobody else, nobody else has ever gotten. Knowledge and understanding is going to increase. And and you have to be ready to receive it. You have to be cleaned up stretched out and ready and hungry to receive it. All of it. Every bit of it. Let's say our prayers. Father, thank you for this time together as a family to read your word. Thank you for the revelation of your word. Thank you for the opportunity for me to teach our family. Please bless and keep us and lead us in righteousness. Make our path straight before us. Be a lamp to our feet, Lord God. I know that you go before us. I know you come after us. You are our defender. The strength of my life. Let your word live and breathe in our hearts. Let us come to an understanding and a revelation of your word. And most, most important, Father, help us to teach others. Use us as you will to teach others. Father, your word says, that when one of your lost sheep is brought home back to the fold, that the shepherd, that's our Lord Jesus Christ, that he stops everything and he calls everybody and he has a party. He has a party. He's so happy. He's so happy. So, Lord, you know, we've caused so much pain and so much tears 
for our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I just I want to be the cause of a party. So Lord, please, please give me one black sheep. Please give me one lost sheep to bring home for my Lord to have a party. Give us each one, Father. Give each of us a sheep to bring home so that Jesus can have a party. And I and I and I tell you now tonight, Lord, that that if you give me that sheep, I'm going to ask you for another one. And I'm going to ask you for another one. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you for sheep until you snatch the breath out of me. But it's only because I love you. As we go to sleep tonight, Lord, please bless and keep us. Let us not be led into temptation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Yes. Yes. Do you know my number? Um, I don't think I do. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't number two. Just text, text on me. On I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay, okay. Okay. Night, night, Ali. Right. Right there. Right. Call you later.